Welcome to the Financial Copilot podcast and video channel where airline pilot and CFP professional Dan Lomar shares techniques, interviews, and perspectives about financial planning and life in general for airline pilots. Here's your host, Dan Lomar. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode. Today, I am talking about delaying Social Security. Why would we delay Social Security? Why would we give up five years of Social Security income in order to get uh, a bigger income from Social Security at age 70? That's what we're talking about because there is more than what meets the eye, and I want you to make an informed decision as to what a couple different factors are. So let's take it all into account. That's what we're talking about. Before we get going, remember to subscribe, hit the bell icon so that you know when new videos come out. And also, share this video. The folks who probably need to hear this the most are not the ones watching it. So please put this out there. Share it, email it, whatever you can do. And also down below in the show notes on YouTube, I have got some checklists that you can download that will help you navigate your own social security decision. So go ahead and click on that when you get a chance. Anyway, let's jump right into it. Uh, Why are we going to delay Social Security? Let's make a basic assumption. And first of all, I don't look at delaying Social Security as at age 70, we get a pay raise. I look at it as we're reducing our portfolio withdrawal. So what we're trying to do, let's just say we're trying to target uh, monthly retirement income of $10,000 a month. And so if we delay Social Security, that means we're pulling more from our portfolio. And at age 70, when we put when we turn on Social Security, it means that we are uh, reducing the withdrawals from our portfolio. That's what we're trying to do. So I don't want there to be any confusion as to, hey, I'm going to delay it so I can get a pay raise. Uh, no, actually, we, we're going to delay it so that we can uh, we can uh, actually reduce our portfolio withdrawals. That's the whole that's the whole idea. So I think the biggest thing that folks do when they start making the consideration is they look at the break-even age. Well, I'm going to give up five years of Social Security income, and I'm getting, and when I do that, in turn, I'm getting bigger payments starting at age 70. And so there's a break-even age there. How long does it take to break even? And typically, that's around age 80. That's going to be plus or minus a little bit, depending on your situation and maybe your spouse's situation also. And so, uh, but anyway, let's just say it's around 80. And that's where people, most people stop. They go, well, I may not live to age 80, but you also might live a lot longer than age 80. As a matter of fact, I've never done a plan for anybody who's planning on passing away before age 80. So if you're planning on living past age 80, then let's take that into account. Let's, let's, we're going we're gonna to assume that we're going to. Uh, but there's more than that. So, um, uh, so that's the basic break-even age, and that's usually what most people, uh, that's usually what the biggest thing, or the first thing most people look at. The other thing that some folks will do is they'll say, well, I'm going to take that Social Security income, and I'm going to invest in the stock market, and I'm going to get a better better rate, rate of return than what it would be if I was just paying to me, uh, if I was just living off of it. And, and that's true. Uh, that's one way to look at it. And if you got that rate of return, you're assuming maybe a higher rate of return. Yes, it might push your break-even age a couple uh, years down the road, depending what uh, rate of return you're assuming. Uh, but we're not. That is not an apples-apples comparison now when we're talking about investing that income in the stock market versus uh, using it to live off of, because there's two different risk um, considerations when it comes to that. And so there's really no different than saying, hey, I got to go buy groceries next month and I got $100 I need to do that with. And so I can keep it in cash so I know it's going to be there next month or I can invest that $100 in the stock market so that maybe I can buy more groceries next week. And I don't think anybody's really going to seriously do that because uh, the risk of it being in the stock market is we don't know if it's going to be there. 
And so when we look at investing Social Security in the, in the stock market, if that's, that's what we're going to do. We'd be increasing our overall uh, exposure to equities in our portfolio, a lot of things to consider. So if we're going to uh, kind of make that assumption, um, it's not an apples-to-apples -apples comparison. So that's another thing to, to take into account. The other thing to go beyond that and kind of parallels that particular discussion is that Obviously, at age 80 or thereabouts, we have a break-even. So the rate of return on the money that we gave up is zero at the break-even age. So it's actually negative up to that point, uh, and then it's, it's break-even or zero at, at, uh, at, say, around age 80. But the thing we need to consider is, but beyond that, okay, now we're getting more income uh, each year, each year, each year, we get more income. And so now that adds to our rate of return each year. And so you can do the math, and if we, we call it an internal rate of return. We give it five years to Social Security income at age 80, we break even. And then from every year beyond that, we get more and more and more and more. If we do the math, it actually becomes a very, very good rate of return. It becomes a rate of return approaching uh, age 90 that the stock market can't even match, especially considering the risk to that. So that's another thing to do to, to, to keep into account when you, uh, when you kind of, kind of, kind of consider the, uh, the overall uh, plan of the picture or the, the, you know, the overall uh, picture of things. So those are definitely things that, to think about. The other thing too is this is a longevity play, okay? So um, taking Social Security early, kind of hedge what we call sequence returns risk, and I, I'll, I'll talk about that more in a second. But the other side of that is that Social Security is like the only source of income that I know of other than a really expensive uh, insurance annuity uh, that, would, uh, that would pay you for the rest of your life that you can't outlive and it goes up with inflation each year. So the bigger that, uh, that income is as, as our total income, um, then uh, that's a big thing to consider because again, one of our risks is outliving our resources and this stuff, Social Security is something we can't, you know, we, uh, uh, we can't do that. So, so it's always going to be there. So that's a, that's a big, that's a big thing to take into account there also. Um, so what else? Uh, another thing to consider is survivor income. So the bigger the primary earner's social security income is, then the bigger, typically, the bigger the spouse's uh, survivor uh, income is going to be. So uh, if you delayed age 70 and you pass away at age 71, well, it didn't pay off for you. But you also got to put your, uh, consider your surviving spouse's situation and he or she could live well into their 90s and now they've got a, a bigger income. And so that's another factor to take into account uh, uh, with that also. Um, so that's one of the big things, uh, as we do this, it forces us to take bigger withdrawals from our portfolio in the first five years. Uh, there is some risk called sequence of returns risk associated with that, but one of the, and I'll, and I'll mention, I'll come back to that in just a second, but by taking bigger withdrawals in the first five years, it also reduces what we might have to take at age 72 and beyond when required minimum distributions start. Required minimum distributions, the government says, hey, you have to take X amount of dollars out of your tax-deferred portfolios. That can create income and potentially taxes that we don't want. And so, and that income can also trigger a higher Medicare costs potentially. So uh, that's another consideration is that it can, uh, bigger withdrawals early, delaying Social Security can uh, potentially reduce your required minimum distributions at age 72 and beyond. So good consideration right there. Why would I not why would I not delay Social Security? What are some things considerations as to why I would not uh, delay it? 
the big one is probably sequence of returns risk. That's, that's part of it. So what we do is we say, hey, we're gonna plan on taking Social Security at age 70, but at the same time, say we're, at, we're 66, or we just start retirement order case, and our portfolio uh, takes a little bit of a performance hit, then we'd say, hey, now let's look at turning it on, because if we can avoid it, we don't really wanna make any big draws from the portfolio uh, after down years. So that would be another thing to do. And we, again, we just reevaluate it when, at that time, and uh, look, with the, look and consider what your best option is uh, each year uh, until age 70. The other reason I, I would uh, maybe not delay it, uh, and I probably wouldn't in this case, that is if our portfolio is not that substantial. So in other words, maybe it can't even, if we were to make all of our withdrawals from our portfolio, maybe it's not even enough to bridge that gap from age 65 to age 70. Or maybe it's uh, maybe it is, but it's going to make a you know we're pulling you know 70 or 80 percent of our portfolio out just to bridge that gap. I would probably not do it then because I wouldn't want to give up all the liquidity in your investments uh, because that that liquidity and those investments give you a lot more flexibility uh, later on for just cash reserves, investment reserves, things like that. So that'd be another situation where I'd probably tend not to delay Social Security. Um, how do we do this? A lot of times when we build that income, they say we're going to delay it. Uh, one good technique, in my opinion, is a period certain annuity uh, that just pays out uh, over five years. Um, that's one way to do it. You can ladder CDs, ladder bonds, and uh, there's a couple of different ways to help do that. Otherwise, a diversified portfolio 50-50, nothing wrong with that. We're typically going to pull from the cash and the bond side. Um, but in, but when the portfolio is up, we're probably going to pull from the equity side. So, you know, there's a couple different ways to bridge that gap, uh, as to how we do it. So that's kind of an overview, or I hope I gave you some good ideas, uh, some good site insight on why we would delay it. And also some reasons we might not delay it. And if we do some income sources, some income ideas as to what we can do in the meantime. So anyway, I hope that helps. Um, Hey, remember share this video. Like I said, I think the folks, uh, who aren't watching it may be the ones that need to hear it the most. So, um, uh, so share it. Remember to subscribe, hit the bell icon, and remember I've got uh, a link down in the show notes on YouTube that you can download a couple of Social Security checklists to kind of help you navigate uh, your situation. So anyway, I uh, hope that helps. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time, uh, fly safe.